thank you to everyone who listens. I appreciate you. I appreciate that you could be anywhere else in the world right now. Well, apart from a pub or a club or anywhere fun or any small, local, independent businesses. But I think you can still grab a shite burger from a billionaire franchise or a set of drawers from Ikea. That's if you live within the confines and borders that were drawn out by historic figures long before this drawn-out system crashed. The thing I miss most isn't the people or the cold pint, but the swimming. I mean, I don't really like swimming, but it's the only place that I can think of that still has a system of some sort in place. A system that works. The locker key system. For one measly quid, you get to keep your belongings in a James Bond-style safe. And the safe is fairly spacious, but not greatly spacious. But is the safe space safe? Does the safe space have a lock? Aye. But where are you going to put your key? I'm going for a swim. I don't have any pockets. But they've already thought of that. See, the key is attached to a wristband, so you can wear it like a watch as you dive in at the deep end. Some fancy dans even wear it. It's an ankle bracelet, <laughs> but I've never worn an ankle bracelet before and today's not the day for new things. Today is about witnessing a system that actually works and the key works like a key worker and on my return it even offers me a refund when I try to get my stuff back. That's if you want your stuff back. You could just leave your stuff there forever if you wanted and just walk home in your trunks and your shiny new key watch. Meanwhile, your clothes, your phone, your pouch, your back, you remain frozen in time. Like, kind of like leaving a legacy, if you will. Maybe next time I'll leave something in my locker for the next generation of archaeologists. I can't just keep digging Egypt forever. Maybe I'll leave them some words of wisdom or that last glass bottle of iron brew that the bastards say no longer counts as currency. Or even better, leave the locker empty to add to my mystique. It's kind of like leaving a will. A will of... Fuck all. Always take the quid back, obviously. I'm no made of money. There's nothing left in my locker. But it's reassuring to know that long after I'm gone, my locker could live on. Welcome to You Call That Radio, Season 2, Episode 1. Daftonin, Troubadours, and welcome to You Call That Radio. Or should this be rebranded You Call That Audio? Who knows? I've missed doing these. I got an email from a guy called Charles recently who said what happened to the podcast and he wasn't aware that we kind of moved to a, an internet TV format. I probably should have did a wee show to let people know that we moved. I just decided run about the time of lockdown. I just kind of had a feeling that people weren't going to be commuting to work. I just realised that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to meet people the same way to do the audio podcast as I've done in the past. And just sort of realised that we're going to be competing with Netflix and stuff like that. People aren't going on holiday, people aren't travelling, they're not commuting. So I just thought that the audio podcast was going to go through a downturn, which I think the stats say did for a while. So I just kind of made, rolled the dice and thought, Let's just do an internet TV show instead. Which meant I could just connect with people a lot easier over like a video chat type thing. Uh, shouts to Murfamish who helped me just at the start with helping me get set up with some of the text. Shouts to Murfamish. 
But the good thing about the audio podcast, which makes this different from the normal podcast, is it gives me time to think about what I'm going to say. The live, and I mean, the exciting thing about the live internet TV, and there's about 200 now, we did about 200 shows last year. You'll find them on youtube.com forward slash you call that radio. And we've got our new website as well, you call that.com, which kind of holds everything together. But we've been on Twitch and Facebook, about 200 shows. So it's been kind of quantity over quality, I suppose, because when it's live, anything can happen. And that makes it quite exciting. But what I love about the audio podcast is being able to add music, uh, you know, make skits, and generally plan everything out a lot better. And I know that there's a lot of our Patreons who support the show at patreon.com forward slash you call that radio, who have kept this whole thing going throughout. You know, some of the Patreons, like Lorna and Susan, they don't even watch the 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 TV show version of this. They prefer audio podcasts, and I totally understand that. For me, that it's a different thing. They are very different, even though they are very similar as well. So I thought I'd bring this back. Now, my brain is full of ideas all the time, 100 miles an hour. Not always good ideas, sometimes shit ideas, sometimes average ideas. So the problem I've been coming up against is that when I want to come back for a new season, I decided months ago that it was going to be a new season because everything's changed, the world's changed. So season two, start from the beginning again because so much time's passed since the last episode, I think, which is back in March or April or something like that. So I decided it was going to be season two and I wanted to start with a bang and I had all these amazing ideas. I had all these shite ideas, I had all these average ideas, the usual, but I had all these different ideas about how I wanted to come back. And I've got interviews that I did before lockdown that I still haven't released. So I want to release them. There's also some people who that I want to interview on, um, you call that radio TV, which is kind of what we're calling that, you call that radio TV. And some of them, people might not have access to a webcam or good internet. So this will give me the opportunity to, to interview those people as well. And, you know, the tier restrictions are changing all the time. But, there's a, you know, maybe I could meet people with the audio recorder and not having to bring cameras and stuff like that. But we are working on that as well. A more, uh, a more kind of better visual television, like documentary style interview style with some better lighting and, and multiple cameras and stuff like that so that it's just not going to be us talking through windows for the rest of the year because that sounds quite depressing and I want to get out the house I feel like I've been sort of barricaded in here for the last year so yeah lots of exciting stuff we're working on the Carrollton Studios documentary Save Carrollton Studios they're doing a crowdfunder just now so we've filmed all that I'm just figuring out how to edit it all together so hopefully that'll be with you very soon and yeah, I just wanted to just bring this back because on the show, on You Call That Radio TV, we talk about all the time about how frustrating it is. All these talented friends we have and people who just don't have the confidence or they just have to have everything just perfect. And as a result, they never release anything and, and they don't really go anywhere with their career or anything like that. So I'm going to take some more advice and just do the thing, do the thing and answer some questions today. I did try this in November and something happened in the news and it changed everything. Then I had another idea and then I got busy again and then I, it's just, I just scrapped that. Whatever intro you've heard, 
at the start, I, I did that in November. I have no idea if that's relevant anymore. But you know what? I'm not even going to listen to it. I'm just going to put it, it's just going to be part of it. I'm sending this over to Murphy. She'll hopefully master it a wee bit. So I'm not going to add any backing music to it today. I'm not going to do any skits today. There might be a couple of things that happen. Maybe Murphy will add some music or sound effects. I don't know. But I just wanted to keep things quite simple today. Just get the first episode out, and then that means I can work on one a week. I'm going to try and do one of these a week, which might be seem quite a lot. I don't know if that is too much, but the shows are going to continue on an almost daily basis on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitch, and all that stuff. But I'm going to try and do a few a month of these where we can actually, you know, think about what I want to say, do some skits, and add some special effects and sound and stuff like that because I was starting to get quite good at this and now I've just forgotten all about it and I'm starting from scratch again. But yeah, here we go. We did the first season. That was uh, March 2019, I think it was. No, it was June it was released, but I think March is when I started it. So June 2019 was the first episode and we just did a bunch of questions. So that's what we're going to do today. Welcome to season two, episode one of You Call That Audio. I will just call it You Call That Audio. Yeah, no respect to me, I speak to my leg, Mark. I love what I'm on the top, on the radio. Case you never know. You call that radio, radio, call that the radio, radio, you call that radio, radio, radio. Okay, that was uh, the dub plate, you call that radio dub plate, which was kindly given to me by Bonnie Prince Bob of Discontent, which is a great YouTube channel you should check out, Discontent. And Bonnie Prince Bob was on you call that radio TV, and I think that was the most popular show we had on YouTube. It's hard to kind of gauge the numbers because some of the shows we we put out to Facebook and Twitch at the and uh, Twitter at the same time, and some we just did in YouTube. So, but as far as YouTube numbers go for conversations alone, then Bonnie Prince Bob was the winner, and I appreciate that that dub plate that I think I think it was Capital. 1212 that he did that with I'm not sure but shouts to Capital 1212 anyway shouts to Bonnie Prince Bob and we're just going to do some questions I'm not going to mess around like I did last time I'm just going to read the questions first take and that is it you know what I mean this is it just let's just get this episode done we're back we're back I'm glad to be back Graham B have you found lockdown a good time creatively for writing or making music? Yeah, yeah, yes and no. I would say what is good is that now I've got, because of everything that happened, I've now got the setup in my house to record myself. Normally I would go to a producer or a recording studio to record my bits. So on the plus side, I can now, for the first time in my life, I have the capability to do it all in-house, which is great. It's still a bit weird, though, because normally when the clock's ticking, I don't know if it makes you work harder and faster or it makes you just say, oh, that'll do, because you don't want to waste anyone's time. You go, that'll do. So we'll find that the proof is in the pudding when 
the album comes out, if it's made it better or not. From a writing point of view, I found it quite difficult in some aspects because although there's lots to write about, it feels like a bit weird to write about anything that's not written in this moment in time. You know, it's not written at this point. So the album's called At This Point. I'm writing from the perspective of everything that's going on. And I'm aware that that means that it could date quite badly. You know, topical. It's always dangerous being topical. I remember the first Jackal Trades album and the early Gyro Baby stuff was always very topical. And the problem with that is, is that topical stuff goes out of date. But history has a, tends to repeat itself as well. So I'm just no bother, but I'm just going to be topical. And if it dates, it dates. It's just going to be a collection of my thoughts from this time. So I think that what makes it difficult is, is that normally I'm very opinionated. I'm very sure of what's going on, whether I'm right or, or wrong. I just usually have a gut feeling it's quite strong about what's going on. And I'll be totally honest, I don't really know what's going on. If, you know, our theme tune says, if you don't really know what's going on, here's a show that also doesn't know what's going on. And I think it's quite important to just try and realise that you don't know everything that's going on. Be aware that you don't really know what's going on. And yeah, that's made it a bit difficult. But I think there's still lots to write about. The My problem has been that I've been so busy with doing... Because basically all everything that I do was made illegal. So I can't put events on, I can't perform. All the plans I had, I had a European tour booked and I was trying to get that done. I had it booked up because I was trying to get it done before Brexit. And now Brexit's happened, we don't know if that is going to... Well, it's definitely going to make things more difficult. It's more expensive. Money I don't have. It's going to mean filling out forms, which I loathe. I'd never fill out forms. That's why I've never had any funding. So... Yeah, I had to just focus on the podcast. Uh, well, not even a podcast. I mean, that's kind of the joke, though, that you call that radio. What is a podcast? It's like a radio show. And then I've went and done what other people call a podcast, and that's just like a video interview on YouTube, which I don't think it's technically a podcast. This is a podcast. That is internet TV or something else. That's You call that video or you call that radio TV. But that has taken up so much of my time doing that. It's not just the two hours a day when you're talking to the guest. It's promoting it. It's editing it. It's finding the guest, making sure times work, making sure equipment works. There is so much. I mean, most podcasts or or TV shows, internet TV shows has a team. And I don't have any team. I'm doing it all myself for the time being. You know, I got help from a famous, sorted me out with some... Uh, a microphone and stuff like that at the start, which I'm very grateful for. But obviously, my famous will probably be mastering this, I'm assuming. So he's like a, been a very important part of my team for the audio podcast. But for the video podcast, there's very little that anyone can do to really help you. It's going out live, so it, it's going to, it can only sound a certain way. Hopefully, I mean, because of the support of the patrons this year, I am now at a stage where it looks like I can pretty much pay all my bills from doing the podcast, which means if I just keep it up and we keep on getting 
more Patreons, then hopefully I can hire somebody to do stuff like, like editing would be good. Someone who could take clips because I can't listen or watch back any of my shows. It's just not how I operate. It's bad enough being stuck in my brain all the time and actually talking for two or three hours in a show without having to listen to it all back. So it's hard to find the highlights. And I think that would really take the show to the next level if I could just get little clips from the show that are good and compile them in like a weekly best of or just little clips, snippets that I could put up. So people go, oh, that looks quite good. Rather than, you know, most people will look at a two-hour show and just go, nah, that's not for me. So I would like, you know, someone else in the team, it would be great if we could take, you know, find a studio or even afford a studio. That would be the dream, like having a, a wee studio or a mini venue or something where we could do the interviews and we could do some live sessions from. Uh, but that's all in the future. Right now I've just got to kind of get stuck in and put the graft in and focus on this because this is paying the bills right now, not the music. So sadly, the music's had to take a bit of a back seat. But I've still been writing when I can, just writing down, scribbling down ideas here and there. I've got some amazing music lined up for Jackal Trades. I've got a whole bunch of lyrics. It's just about kind of pulling that together and I'm going to try and just rush the final part of it so I don't think about it too much. I did that with Trip Hazard Advisor. Wrote most of it and recorded most of it in two weeks. And I think that was rushed a bit too much, but that's because we had the Barra's gig and I had to be ready in time for the Barra's gig. This one, I've got a bit more time, but I'm wanting to just really just spend a week just recording non-stop and hopefully I'll get to that. I was supposed to do that this month, but I was exhausted and I just watched The Sopranos for a few days. Did a little bit of music stuff, filmed a documentary. I have been doing a little bit of work, but mostly just watching The Sopranos and you know, eating chocolate for breakfast and stuff like that. But I did need a wee break. So, yeah, the um, Gyro Baby stuff's coming. Jackal Trade stuff is coming. And, yeah, I think one final Gyro Babies album, which is about halfway there, and it might be, I think it will be the final Gyro Babies album. I still want to be in a, a more guitar-based band, but I think it may be a new project after that. So I'm really wanting to write the perfect Gyro Babies album and just a current Jackal Trades album, just using some banging beats, some cool collaborations, and just basically write about what I see, what's going on, but also being wildly aware that I don't actually know what's going on. I don't actually know what's going to happen. That's the thing. But what I do believe is that we will dance again. We will party again. The times are coming soon. And I, I can't wait for that because this has just been a weird year. I'm very fortunate. I feel nothing but gratitude that because people have been supporting the the whole thing that we're building here, that I've managed to avoid the, the dole queue. I don't even know how the dole queue works right. I'm, I'm sure you don't need to actually go to the job centre anymore. I think it's all universal credit and stuff online. But trying to find a job right now must be heartbreaking and having spent a lot of time unemployed myself, my heart does go out to people who are going through that. So I just, I'm just focusing on the fact that I'm very lucky that I can do something that I love and it is hard work, but I'm very fortunate that I can do it and I'm glad that it, it's sort of 
there's a sense of community around everybody who's tuned in and it feels like we're still staying connected because if I didn't have this, I would probably just be going into a very isolated place and it's not really good for me because I'm a social person. I'm used to going out, performing or just checking out new bands and always out and about and meeting people. So I, I'm just lucky that it's the way it is, but at the same time, it's been a shit year as well, like just really shit. There's been so many deaths, lost a lot of friends, and yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a terrible time. But the good times are coming, and I think that maybe we're going to. I think you know, a bit further down the line, everything's going to go back to being as shit as it always was. But maybe we'll have a, a bit more grateful for the things that we that we had that were taken away from us. And yeah, so yeah, final, yes, it's a yes and no answer. Creative, I suppose I'm being a little bit creative with the show, but it's limited how creative you can be when you're doing things live on the spur of the moment. Also, when I'm interviewing someone, I can't actually be myself 100% all at the time. There's things that I would like to say that sometimes I don't want to say because at the end of the day, the interview should be about the person that I'm interviewing. So I want them to be the star of the show. I want them to tell their story. So there's it's less of me and, and more about them. So, but yeah, hopefully some creative-wise, new Jackal Trades album at this point coming soon. You can actually hear Scottish Album of the Year and Last Man Standing on the Edge of the World. They were songs that I recorded in the house. So that gives you an idea of the, the quality of it. It's sounding quite good. I'm still getting, you know, a g- good producers to mix it, getting... Thomas Ray to master it and stuff. So it's going to still hopefully sound as good as it did before. And yeah, man, I've got loads of ideas. I just don't have time to bring them into fruition. So yeah, hopefully that. And maybe a poetry book as well. There's been talks of that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to just getting this a bit more stable, getting a few more patrons. And it'd be amazing if I got a bit more help from someone else. So they just open up a bit more time for me. But right now I'm just going back to doing what what happened last year. I'm just doing a, a podcast almost every day on YouTube and hopefully one a week for the audio podcast. And maybe, I mean, I've got loads of um, interviews, audio interviews that haven't been released yet, so I'm going to be focusing on them. But maybe I can repurpose some of the, the best ones. Let me know if you think that'd be a good idea. Because I know that some of you haven't watched the shows that you've maybe listened to. I know what Lorna, you were saying that you're, when you're in the van, you're driving a bit, that... So you've probably missed a lot of the shows. Maybe is it okay for me to get maybe one of the best interviews, a couple of the best interviews from the TV show that I think were really good chats that have good sound quality and maybe repurposing them on an audio podcast format. I think I'll do that. Not all the time though, because it's cheating a wee bit, but I will be doing it sometimes, I think. So yeah, long-winded answer. Here's a wee clip of a song that I have recorded during lockdown. I try to remember, but when everything is coming back to me, I feel like my memory is paralyzed. Now let's see. What is the last thing you can remember? I don't know. 
I'm sorry, but I got it. It caught me, I'm going on a faraway holiday, no planning, returning. Would you miss me lately? I ain't so sure. From Jaseer to Nadur, I no longer feel sure. And you are levitating over me and pure. I've no of an anecdote, but the future needs you. I become a worse version of my former person. Denial gives permission to pick up this weapon. Reality cheats me and leads to aggression. Want to break out this box that I'm stuffed down and kept in. I reckon the dark road just got too damn windy. The twists were confusing, the lights how they blame me. Satnaps the enemies, mapped out how they find me. And unlikely how they holds me, 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 no like it. I'm leaving a trail. To die of defeat it Stole petrol from Peter Told Paul to ignite it Last man standing on the edge of the world Rolling solo with the flag unfurled Last man standing on the edge of the world Rolling solo with the flag unfurled Last man standing on the edge of the world Rolling solo with the flag unfurled Last man standing on the edge of the world this is a man who runs from discussion Comes from the tunnel of fuzz and expulsion Turns into devil on worst of consumption Struggles to function Disgusting Understands why he can't But just wants you to love him Outcast formal funding Relies on his cunning I speak in the thumb I see some of you wondering Hoping for the forks and the tongue in abundance It seconds to witness the pits of corruption The worst bits conforming in order to summon Up a little something I'm burnt out begunning For those who forbid me, forgive me, I'm coming And you can't stun me with a lump Some I'm troublesome and running Into oncoming traffic with a mask made for surgeon The muscle hides a piece of the puzzle Cold consumption translating isolation But transmitting from nothing Last man standing on the edge of the world Rolling solo with the flag unfurled Last man standing on the edge of the world Rolling solo with the flag unfurled Last man standing on the edge of the world Rolling solo with the flag unfurled Last man standing on the edge of the world Last man standing on the edge of the world. I think I accidentally put the radio edit in there. Did you call that radio edit? Uh, yeah, that was written right at the start of lockdown. It was actually the week before lockdown that I wrote that. Uh, the Macapella sent the beat over. And I just had that feeling that something mad you know, I think everyone had that feeling that something big was occurring. It was just what I was just, you know, because I kind of started out with the whole virus thing, expecting it to be, you know, the media overplaying things, you know, just like they did with like, swine flu and stuff like that. But I started, I was, I was really ill, so I'd done a done a very small gig at the last minute. Just the week before, March the 1st or something, or end of February or something like that. I got roped in at the last minute to perform a wee gig. And the following week, I was ill, really ill. And I was reading about COVID and I was like, fuck, I might, I think I might have this. So I don't know if it was just the, I don't know if it was just a really bad flu and I was just being paranoid because I was reading about it. It's really hard to tell. Uh, 
the mind is a strange thing. But it's the first time that I've ever been ill where I've felt my breathing being affected by it. But that could also be the first time that I've been properly ill at this age, being a, a smoker or a former smoker or whatever I am. So I just remember being really ill and I, had not, I was supposed to be working on a poetry book that I've still not done. And I was just in an empty house. I'd went away to, to write and I just couldn't shake it off at all. And I remember watching all the news bulletins. You know, I, I recorded a couple of the the the, the Corona conspiracy, the COVID conspiracy theories. This is back in March. I recorded a couple of them at this run about the same time. So I just wasn't really well. And I was consuming myself with news reports from Spain and Italy because they were getting it really bad at the time. I hadn't quite affected Britain. And the thing is, remember the, the sombre, the sombre uh, music that would play how bad it is in Italy and Spain. And right now, Britain's double that every day. It's mental. It's hard to get our heads around it. I think when you get to so many numbers, people can't really get a, a grasp of it. But I, I just remember writing it all in a wanna. And then when I... I just recorded it quite quickly after that. Once I started feeling a bit better. And the plan was to go back and edit. So I'd changed a few words... Look at the end there, you hear, I use the phrase muzzle. The muzzle hides a piece of the puzzle called consumption, translating isolation but transmitting from nothing. And now the the word muzzle is almost like a bad word because you know people who use the word muzzle tend to be people who think that the whole thing is a hoax and stuff like that. But I kept it in there because, well, one... I don't want to change it just because of some some people misusing a word. But at the end of the day, it is, it's, the, it's the muzzle as a metaphor for consumption. It's like you can still consume if you wear your muzzle. Which I quite like the metaphor, although I don't agree with, you know, I certainly don't agree with the, the muzzle part in general. But the main reason that I didn't re-edit, I did go and re-edit a few things and I changed a few words which was going to make it a lot better in my opinion. But there was just something about, if you listen to that recording, there's that confusion, there's a lostness, a lostness is that word? But I just feel genuinely lost and baffled and hurt and ill and, yeah, just a bit scared. There's a bit of fear in there as well and anger because right now, you know, I was just sort of facing the facts that things were going away my, my 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 life was about to change. You know, everyone's life was about to change. But everything I'd been working hard on and planned for the year ahead was now gone. That was, you know, the tour was years in the making. All that stuff. So, yeah, I, I just thought it was something nice about that, even though it's imperfect. But a lot of my stuff is anyway. So I just left it the way it was. Shouts to Macapella for the beat. Fantastic beat from Macapella. An amazing producer, I recorded it from home, thanks to my famous she's microphone, and my capella just did a, a a great job in the mix, and then dropped a video in December. There, it's on YouTube. I Mackay helped film it. Tam the van helped it as well, and I edited it myself. So I'm just sort of getting used to the computer. Uh, shouts to everyone who 
helped with that as well. Thanks to everyone, by the way. I really mean it. I've said it already, I think, but just thank you to everyone who's supporting the Patreon at You Call That Radio. Thank you to everybody who's donated raffle prizes because there's been some amazing prizes that have been given out to the Patreons as well. And uh, long may that continue throughout 2021. Now, let's uh, get back to more questions. Raymond Dito, if you could choose a guest to have on You Call That Radio, who would it be and why? Do you know, I, I should have really listened to the first ever episode that I did before I did this to see how much I'd, I've changed, but you can maybe compare them. But it'd probably be the same that I said at the start. I think I wanted to interview Lemmy. And, you know, the Lemmy thing, the Lemmy thing nearly did happen. It, well, it's not nearly happened. Sorry, that's the wrong way to put it. But Lemmy did, what's it called? A Twitch storm. A twi- I don't know. Basically, I was interviewing Darren Connell about a week or two into lockdown. And Lemmy brought all his fans over and basically gatecrashed my channel. And we went from having about 100 viewers to, I don't know, 1,500 viewers. And it was mildly terrifying. And I was still getting used to all the technological equipment. So, I, you know, I think Lemmy was commenting. I think that all his fans were commenting. And I just, you know, I was uh, I was confused. I was reading comments from Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and there was too many to keep up with. So I ruined it. I ruined my chance to, to try and impress Lemmy and to get some of his fans on board. I don't think they were very impressed. I think Darren as well. I think Darren was just a bit shocked <laughs> where all these fans came from. So like, who could it be? You know, why has this happened? So we knew that something had happened, but I would, it would have been a bit more comforting if I'd known it was Lemmy that had meant that all these people had arrived. I'm a massive fan of Lemmy. He would be my number one guest. I don't think I'm quite on his radar. I might have blown at that one because he's brought his fans over to my channel and were probably just a bit off form. It was, you know, it was week two lockdown. We're still learning how everything worked. So hopefully not. Hopefully one day we'll get Lemmy on the show. It's a very good question, Raymond Dito. I will get back to you in that one with a proper list maybe next time because there is so many people that I want to, and I'm just grateful. There's actually been a lot of people that I've interviewed in the last year who I would never have dreamed of. So I've been very lucky in that respect. And there's obviously a million more people that I'd love to chat with. So, yeah, that's not how my brain works. I could just give you a list of everyone. But I think, who else was in the list the first time? Probably Bill Murray, I think, was the list. I still like to interview Bill Murray as well. Next question. John Baird. I was wondering if you could tell us the ultimate answer to life, the universe and everything. I was told I'd need a supercomputer, but... Okay. Now, maybe we should do an episode where we get on psychedelics, man, and get deep that way. But I do believe it's a happy answer. There's a, if you've ever felt that feeling of connectedness, of we are one, I think the older I get, the more uh, I'm aware that a sense of humour is important. I think that it might be, the meaning of life might be to have fun and just fart about and have fun and make people laugh. I think that's important. I think it's 
really important to do what you can for other people because a little small thing that you do has a butterfly effect and can or a domino effect. Butterfly effect sounds nicer, doesn't it? So one little thing you do, smiling to someone, giving someone who's down on their luck a couple of quid, just helping someone out, giving someone, you know, I think, you see quite a lot of that these days when someone is, is getting rid of their old stuff and people, and saying, does anyone want it? I don't want any money for it, just take it. I love that. Because if, you, if you've got no use for something, then just give it away. Give it away. You know, if you give away your old computer, someone else gets a computer, and then that person can give their old computer to someone else, and so on. And I think it's quite good from a recycling point of view as well. We all have we all have a lot of shit we don't need, and there's people out there that probably need the shit that you don't need. So I think the meaning of life is something to do with that. Just do your best to be a good person and help others, and have a fucking laugh. Lighten up a bit. You know what I mean? Let's have a laugh. It's a bit serious these days and quite rightly so, but come on. Let's just have a laugh. We'll get through this. Um, memes, memes. Remember the meaning of life is memes. A funny meme is the meaning of life. Uh, the universe and everything, I don't really know, but I do like listening to things about quantum physics that I don't understand. I think the answer, there might be some answers to the universe in there. I don't understand it, but I find it very relaxing to listen to and go to sleep. It makes me go to sleep sometimes. Uh, but it sounds fascinating. So I think it's something to do with psychedelics, quantum physics, and memes, and being nice to people. How about that? We're all one. Something like that. Uh, there's actually, actually, we did do a, a couple of good shows on, uh, if you look up the the one we did with in December, we textured Joe Dark and Chris Heron. They're quite interesting episodes. So I think that you, if you want to find out more about the universe, we nearly solved the meaning of life in those episodes. Ian Donnelly says, if a memory from long ago is recalled with perfect clarity, is that memory less valuable than a memory recalled in less detail from only yesterday? Well, absolutely not. I don't know if you've maybe wrote the question wrong, but I think if you can remember a memory with perfect clarity, then it's more valuable. Because probably the reason you don't have much detail about yesterday is because it was something mundane and boring. But if you can remember that happy moment where, you know, I remember when we would all go to a gig and watch your favourite band and the band would come on stage and everyone would cheer and you're just happy. You've seen people smiling everywhere. I can remember some of those in perfect clarity and I think that's far more valuable than remembering how many tomatoes I put in my chicken salad or whatever yesterday, you know what I mean? So, but unfortunately, I suppose the bad side of that is, is that you tend to remember in great detail the bad memories as well. And that's that's annoying. Things that you said when you were drunk, horrible 
memories of making an ass of yourself. You've said something cringy. You've not understood what someone meant. You've said the wrong thing. You've upset someone. Stuff like that. That's not valuable, though, is it? That's fucking shite. Sorry for swearing. Uh, James McLaren says, when are you getting Sleaford mods or idols on the show? I would love that. I would love nothing more than Sleaford mods to come on the show. I don't think we're on Sleaford mods' radar. Well, the thing about Sleaford mods is, is that I do know that a few of my friends and people that I know, acquaintances, have actually tried to tell the Sleaford mods that they should get the gyro babies on support. Like, I don't know. I think they were maybe just in fleeting conversation with them at a gig. I know that I've got a good friend in Manchester who gave them a, who actually made a bootleg Gyro Baby CD and handed it to them. Yeah, but it was like, just made, it was like a CDR kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know if they've actually ever heard of us. I don't know if he knows me. I've no idea. But I love the Sleaford mods. I love everything they stand for. It's quite an exciting thing that they somehow made it. It gives me hope for a lot of underground artists because they just did their own thing. They said what they liked and they somehow made it onto Joe's Holland and shit like that. You know what I mean? It's I love Sleaford mods. I'd love to have them in the show. As for idols, do you know what? Idols... Maybe we can get Tom from Idols in the show right now. And let me explain. Before 2020 kicked in, remember where you could still go to things? Remember, things were a thing. So Alan McGee was interviewing Tom from Idols. Now, I've I'm seen Idols play at Bristol. It was a brilliant experience. Great live band. I went to the conversation with Alan McGee, an absolute legend. If you don't know, Alan McGee signed... Oasis, Super for Animals, Primal Scream, Jesus and Mary Chain, absolute legend. Check out his book as well. I'd love to get Alan McGee in the show, hopefully one day. But they were having a conversation and it was a Q&A. So, but it's not like a Q&A like here where you type a question and I read it out in a podcast. No, no, you've got to stand in front of everyone. So I was a wee bit nervous. And when I'm a bit nervous, uh, I try and use humour as a thing. So I had a bit of a class clown in me. Get uh, I was I got a few laughs. I don't know if they're laughing with me or at me. I don't know if Tom understood me. I think there was maybe a communication barrier about what was going on. But let's just do it. Let's listen to it. This is me asking Tom from Idols at the what you call it the 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 bars the the bad the bad bars Arts and Design Centre. This is me asking him a question. See what you think. And be with it. And time becomes irrelevant. Now is is relevant. You are relevant. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, hi there, how are you doing? Um, where are you? Where are you? I'm here. Oh, hello, yeah. Alright, mate. And, um, hi, Joe. I'm just going back, I was going to ask you about a little bit about the Downs Festival last year. It was the first time I'd ever been in, in Bristol. And as someone who's been in a band for about 10 years, it was just, it was an amazing, it just made me want to be in a band again, watching how 
create that atmosphere was. Yeah. It was also the first time I'd been in Bristol, it was also the first time I'd been on magic mushrooms. <laughs> not ever, not ever. First time I've been on magic mushrooms in a while. And then. Um, and then. Um, what does that even mean? Yeah. It's the first time I've been on magic mushrooms. Well, it's the first time I've been on magic mushrooms in Bristol. <laughs> um, that's what it kind of means if it comes down to it. I fucking love you, man. Yeah. Well, I love you too, mate. Honestly, just watching you live just made me want to be in a band again. And it was interesting because we were on holiday. First time Bristol was there for a week, I was actually reading Alan's uh, book as well. So shouts to Alan. So it was just, I, I just came back refreshed. And it was like reading that book and it was great synchronicity or serendipity. I don't know, like, know the difference between the two, but it's good to see the two of you on stage. But another thing that happened that made me want to be in a band would just re lit the fire again was. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Danny Nadelko. Yeah. It's a heavy lungs. They played after you at the same time as Long Hill. And just watching the chaos that they created in the smaller stage was points. I just wonder if you can tell me a bit about that. Cause I, I didn't ever knew the story. I just heard rumours on the night. And I was on mushrooms in Bristol, so I don't remember <laughs> if anything was true or anything was real. Yeah. First time in Bristol. <laughs> first time. I have no idea what you want me to say. <laughs> <laughs> You, do you, you want me to tell you what your mushroom trip was like? <laughs> um, the, I, after the show, I suffered from anxiety, or I used to. Um, I don't suffer from anxiety at the moment, mainly because I've given up drugs and also therapy and spiritual audiobooks that I've just thrown out there. But at the time... Uh, I came on stage and I was bombarded by people telling me they'd see me play shows. People come up to you and they'll go, I saw you at Dundee. <laughs> and that's all right, I like, it's cool. But it was like when there's 14 people telling you at the same time they saw you at different places, I felt displaced. And uh, I went home and had a panic attack. So that was my downs. I don't know what else to do. I, I, I don't know what else. I, da, Danny Nadelko? Heavy Lungs. Heavy Lungs yeah. uh, apparently had an amazing show. Um, and they're a really good band and I love them. They are my brothers. Um, so thanks for telling us about your mushroom <laughs> Just so you know. If any of you do want to come up to me afterwards and tell me that you saw me at a show, please do. It's not a thing. It's just, it was that there was about 14 people all telling me at the same time. None of them were acknowledging each other talking. I find that really fucking weird. Like after shows, four people will be talking at you at the same time. Do you get that? It's nervousness. It's like a nervous energy because, you know, you meet me and you saw me on stage. And uh, so just... Have a look around you next time. You talk to me. Don't be shy. Next question. Next question indeed. I love the way they ended it with next question. And we're going to swiftly move into the next question on this show. So yeah, it'd be great to get Tom from Idols and Alan McGee on the show properly. 
But yeah, let me know what you thought of that interaction. It does seem like it was a bit of a communication barrier, but it fills my heart with joy because it reminds me of the good old days where you could have a pint with your friends and go to a thing. And hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. So aye, next question. Next question comes from Johnny Cipher, who says, how have you internally dealt with social media exposure to ignorant fucks? Uh, I don't know if you mean as a, what am I? I'm a host, I'm a journalist, I'm an artist, but obviously I've been exposed to a lot of people by doing a show almost every day. Or do you just mean in general, how am I dealing with social media, with, with, with ignorance on social media? Well, I mean, I do try and avoid debates online now. And if I, I do, Wade, and I try to come at it with compassion, Everyone's confused, everyone's struggling. Some are struggling more than others. Some people are just people that had a boring job and they never cared about politics or anything like that. And now their holiday's been cancelled. They're suddenly experts and fucking viruses and stuff. I've, on the show, I've had a range of different of opinions on this show. There's certain people who... I maybe wouldn't want to bring up the subject of of uh, COVID because I think that maybe they've went down a bit of a rabbit hole. There's some people who I wouldn't have on the show because I don't think that they're well enough to be having these discussions. And, you know, as someone who slagged Jeremy Kyle for years for having people on, I think it's my duty to not have people on the show who are not well. But also at the same time, just because someone disagrees with me, it doesn't mean that they're not well. People just see things differently. So that's why we've had people on that have opposing views. And I don't mind that because every time I've had someone on the show with a different point of view from me, it's always been just, it never really gets that heated, really. Everyone just is quite respectful when they're on a, a video TV show or, a, or on a podcast-type environment. It's they say something and you say something back. And I think that's the problem because people aren't having that face-to-face -face communication. You know, if you were to actually say to your mate in a pub, I think Donald Trump is Jesus Christ, then your mates would say, no, nah, mate, you're full of shit. That doesn't make sense. And that'd probably be the end of it. But on the internet, you can find, you can type in, is Donald Trump Jesus Christ? And you will find lots of articles that back up that point. And you'll find a tribe of people who will like your comments and agree with you. But the reason that I stay from the, the comment threads, for the most part, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I do. But no, no matter how nice you try to be at the start, there's people out there that just spend their days arguing all day on the internet that COVID is a hoax. Stuff like that or that 5G is killing us all, things like that. Now, they're, they've devoted their entire life to finding articles and people that back up that viewpoint. So you're not going to be able to wade in and, and get them to change their mind. It's not going to happen. And what ends up happening is, is that they start having digs at you, you start having digs at them, and it becomes quite a nasty place. 
because you're constantly checking your notifications so that you can get the last word in. And there's a, a dopamine hit when people, um, you know, laugh at your funny comments or like your comments. So there's a lot of dopamine going about. There's a lot of fury when, how can someone not see it from my point of view? Because we're all trapped in our own little algorithm bubbles whereby you engage with stuff that you like or makes you furious. So social media is not the place for it. I'm down to about one argument a month. I get into about one argument a month on these things. In fact, Johnny's maybe having, I don't know if Johnny's having a wee dig at me because I had one of those conversations in his social medias recently. And that was just because one of my friends said, trust the signs, Johnny, and then brought out like a debunked scientific article that masks kill people more than a virus does or something like that. And then a scientist came on the thread and then the, the friend who said that got quite volatile and said some a horrible thing to me as well. And that's how it goes. And, and obviously there's a... The bit in me wants to argue and argue till people agree with me. But you can argue till you're blue in the face. People have their own comfort blankets. So you're basically, it's like, imagine two people with two different comfort blankets and you're battling in a comments thread to steal each other's comfort blanket. It's not a nice thing. Nothing good can really come of it. So like I said, once a month I get involved in it. Usually I get involved in it when I see somebody that I know is just genuinely scared or worried. And then there's these kind of people who turn up with fake news and they're freaking people out. And I suppose that's the difference because if it makes you feel better that Bill Gates is causing all of this, then it's maybe a comfort to you because you can think, well, if we just get Bill Gates, if we stop Bill Gates, then we can just go back to raves again. And for some people, that's quite comforting. But for other people, that's quite scary that there's a guy trying to microchip us and causing it all. So I'm sure they would say the same about me that, my comfort blanket is is that that I believe there's a real virus out there. So I think as long as people are entitled to their opinions, don't be sharing fake, dangerous news. But at the end of the day, some people people are just looking like if you listen to any of my my message for the last and any of my records has always been don't trust politicians and don't trust the media. But it feels like that there's a, it's been hijacked by the far right a little bit. So basically they're having their cake and eating it. So when the Donald Trump said that the virus is nothing to worry about, Boris says, we're not shutting down, everything's going to be fine. And then it went against all the scientists and it went really, really bad. For some reason, people can now say, oh, you trust the government. But that's not how I see it. That's not how I see this. And they'll think I'm wrong and I'll think they're wrong. But... You know, for example, the other day, someone said to me something like, thankfully, some of us are not all blind. You know, the Great Awakening is occurring. These sheep know not what they do. Talking about me, I find it quite offensive when someone calls me mainstream because my whole life has been battling against the mainstream. And some of these people, they've literally just joined the conversation. They've just started watching their first ever conspiracy theory videos and I mean, like, I'm from the generation of watching Zeitgeist, all the 9-11 documentaries and stuff like that. So, like, I, I'm well aware of all this stuff. 
I've been fascinated by it, writing about it. And also one of the reasons that I have people with opposing viewpoints is, is because I think it's good that if Karen and Sharon from accounts want to join the conversation and for the first time in their life they're getting sceptical about what the mainstream media is feeding them or they're getting sceptical at what Boris is saying, then this is good. It's good to have people sceptical of what the mainstream media is. But a lot of it just seems to me like it's just affecting their lives. So for the first time, they're actually waking up because they can't go to Barbados in the summer. They can't have their cheese and wine party. It's affecting them. So now suddenly they act like they give a shit. In the same way, the people, you know, Brexit people will say things like, we need to look after our own first. But then you get that absolute shambles of the packed lunch debacle where they just sent out people 30 pound food bags and it was like, you know, a fucking loaf of stale bread and a couple of carrots. And these people are nowhere to be found. So I think it's a lot of it's coming from a selfish place. But at the end of the day, they're worried about their life, their family. So fair enough. It's good to have them welcome aboard. You now don't trust the media or the politicians. Great. Join us. Well, come on in. Come on in. But just because you don't trust the mainstream media doesn't mean that you automatically have to, you know, believe Bob, who's got a YouTube channel, who says Michelle Obama is a man. You know, the gender of a former president is a priority for some people right now. And it is of no interest to me whatsoever. But, the, you know, the guy who's saying, you know, basically he was saying that I was a sheep. He was saying that I'm a sheep and I don't understand the Great Awakening. You know, this is a guy who would never, who would never have talked this way a few years ago. So, like, you know, I, jo I joined in on a comment the other day because he was talking about, you know, how how we shouldn't be living in fear. We should be able to do what we want and not live in fear. If you die, you die. De you know, death is certain for us all, so we should just get on with our lives. And so sort I'm of missing the point that, you know, the, the reason that we're, we're talking about masks and social distancing is because, you know, it's all right for you if you're young and healthy. It's all right for you. But what about the other people that you might be taking down with you? So it's a bit, a bit, a bit of personal responsible, responsibility for other people. And what if the masks, you know, I've read lots of articles that say the masks are good. I've read a few that say that they're bad or they don't do anything. But if they don't do anything, what's the worst that's happened by you putting on a mask? It's not just to control you. The government don't want you covering your face. It defeats the whole point of CCTV cameras. So, yeah. You know, you're getting tracked. Don't worry about the microchips. You're getting... You know, microchips just makes me think of... Every time I hear microchips, I just think of McCain microchips. It makes me hungry. So don't worry. I, I would say do not worry about that. And I, I, it's weird is that... saying Don't live in fear, but at the same time, they're fearful of Black Lives Matter. They're fearful of a million... I mean, fearful of 5G. They're fearful of Joe Biden, they're fearful of so much, especially vaccines, they're always fearful of vaccines. And now what you're getting is people sharing articles that people died of the COVID vaccine, you know, within 30 days of taking it. A handful of people. But that is a big problem for people who are anti-vax. So what I did was I said a comment saying, oh, but did they die of the vaccine or with the vaccine? Now, that caused a lot of drama in the comments and I couldn't res resist it and I wish I hadn't done it. I deleted it. I've now deleted it. 
I was just trying to point out the hypocrisy of there's now a million people or something that have died of COVID and people say, yeah, but they probably had underlying conditions or they probably, you know, they were going to die anyway or maybe they died of something else. But yet when somebody dies in a short time, allegedly, or after taking a vaccine, then suddenly this is big news. And the people that died were elderly as well. I'm just trying to point out the hypocrisy there. They'll point out the hypocrisy to me as well. But yeah. I think anti-vax people might just be scared the needles. Do you think this is what this is all about? People are just scared the needles and they're just trying to avoid it. And I don't like needles either. That's why it's a compelling argument. Do you want to take the vaccine? Well, no. I would rather not have an injection, to be honest. I would rather not. But if it's going to get the festivals back in the go, then, then sign me up for a pint of vaccine. Because what's the alternative? What is the other plan? Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going for this whole. If we just go about our days, everything's going to be fine. The NHS is on its knees, and that's people doing a bit of social distancing, trying to be responsible, wearing the masks. And it's the same people that don't wear the masks; they just do it anyway. It'll be fine. It's not getting the good results, but they will say, "Well, we've already proved that lockdown hasn't worked." When they're not locked downing, they're not wearing the masks, they're not socially distancing, they're not doing any of that stuff. So I don't know what the alternative is apart from the vaccine. All the science and all the experts says that the vaccine is our best hope to get things back on the road. The alternative of just stoting about and waiting till everyone dies is not going to do it. The reason that the NHS is on its knees is because it can't handle it. That's why we had a lockdown, and then when the hospital beds freed up, they got the economy back in the go. That's why the, the Tories again did the whole help out to eat out, to get everyone back in about it. They don't care if you die. They do care when the hospital beds get too full, because at that point, that's when pictures could get broadcasted around the world of you know, piles of dead bodies outside hospitals and stuff like that. They want to avoid that because it's bad PR. And that's the only reason. And also, it affects people, middle class and upper class people getting their hip operations and all the normal stuff that they might, the, the normal medical care that they need. And they're voters. They're, they're Tory voters. They don't want to kill off and upset too many of the Tory voters. But they couldn't give a shit about the vulnerable or the poor. Not, not at all. Not interested in that stuff. I mean... That I, I've had the different opinions on my show because it's good. We should, we should, I also don't want to go the way that... I don't want to be turning to the other way as well, which is people just blindly going, grassing in your neighbours and stuff like that. I don't believe we should be grassing in our neighbours. If someone needs to meet up with their friends for mental health reasons, then fair enough. You know, someone could be having a party. They might not have had a party in a year. You know... Would I want the people, would I grass that person in? Would I want them to go to jail for that? No. I think it's just a bit, a bit of common sense, showing a bit of humanity to everyone. So it's good that we're questioning things. But let's question everything includes questioning these mad sources. But when you question a random blog or a random meme, people say that you're mainstream. And I, I've I even had my podcast accused of being mainstream. It's mental. You know what? We're not mainstream. Not by a long shot. And in my view, by this is all in my view. 
I'm wanting to say that. This is in my view. It was the president, the prime minister said, the virus isn't that bad. They kept us open to save the economy. It went as bad as the scientists said it would. And now people think they're rebelling against the system by protesting a lockdown our government's never wanted. They don't want us covering our faces, but capitalists are going to capitalise. So they're sneaking through a lot of very concerning legislation. And we should be scrutinising that. We should be in uproar over the fact that they're giving all that sweet COVID money to their pals who don't know their arse from their elbows. My stance throughout this and before this and now is fuck the Tories. That's unchanged. Absolute shambles from start to finish. Just making sure their pals are all right. We should be comparing their behaviour against other countries. New Zealand are having parties now. They locked down the airports. We should have locked down the airports as well. We should just, just stop. We could cut it in its tracks. We need to be holding these people to account that are making these terrible decisions right in front of our eyes, that are stealing the money right in front of our eyes, that are killing off the music industry in front of our eyes. We can't do anything but Bill Gates. That, to me, is a distraction tactic that the US and UK government benefit from. There's people, you know, questioning the gender of Michelle Obama, but they stay silent on the damage the Tories are doing. It's, do I trust Bill Gates? No. No, nobody gets to the top by being nice. I've read lots of things about how he's done lots of nice stuff. I've read lots of stuff about how he's done bad stuff. He's irrelevant right now. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. Now, most people that are sharing this stuff or believing some of the mad stuff like that... Because basically, what, none of it makes sense. You go around... It's like, the COVID is a hoax, but 5G is killing us. So it's 5G that's killing us, but it's okay because Donald Trump is Jesus Christ. So if you don't believe that Donald Trump is Jesus Christ, then... You are mainstream media. Fake news mainstream media if you don't believe Trump's Jesus. Everything that the QAnon has predicted has never came true. They predicted that he'd win and now they're saying that he's just, it's just, a, he's just a double bluff. He's playing 8D chess. No matter what Donald Trump says, they just say, ah, he's just bluffing. What he's really doing behind the scenes is different. It's just... There's some, some people are sharing this stuff because they're narcissists. You know, I don't have the medical authority to diagnose people, so let's just say there's some people out there who are cunts. Oh, that's no fear here. There's people who are acting like cunts. They want to appear more intelligent, like they have access to secret intel. Oh, I got some secret intel. It's like a fucking computer game. I've got this secret intel just dropped. And they would probably say the same thing about me. That's why it's not worth getting into these... Arguments are arguments, not debates. Respect to the people who are questioning things, who can still have, you know, get involved in a conversation and have sentences. And it's good that people are now questioning stuff. I like that. But this isn't like having a discussion about, is the earth flat? This seems to be having some real consequences. You know, all the countries that are debating whether the virus is real or not are the countries that are having the most deaths. So, yeah. And there's no point, you can't, you know, if you give an article that contradicts it, they just say, oh, Bill Gates owns the fact checkers. So you can't win. You just can't win. And I would say stay away from them. Stay away. Stay away is what I would say. And, uh, you know, 
Shouts to everybody who's struggling just now. I know it's a tough time and we just need to be nice to each other. So there's no way that I can be nice to someone if they're in a comments thread attacking me. I can't be nice to that person anymore. So I'm just going to stay out of it. <sighs> Next question. Next question is, you call that radio show, it's to Colin Sam and Gordy Duncan Jr. for that wee jingle you just heard there. And yeah, okay, next question. I think we've got time for two more, two more questions, okay. One, Finlay says, what's been your favourite music of 2020? Do you know what I'll maybe do? Because questions like this are always difficult to answer because that's not really how my brain works. I'd, I would need to really think about it. But there is a Spotify playlist called YCTR, Year of the Rat. It's not a comprehensive list of my favourite songs because I don't use Spotify that much, but when I do use it... So if I happen to be logged in and someone shares a Spotify link and I like the song, then I'll add to it. So I might go back to it and make it a bit more comprehensive. But you can find that on, uh, you call that YCTR, Year of the Rat, on Spotify. What I'll maybe do, actually, is, is now that we've got the audio podcast back running, I'll maybe do a mixtape show where I'll just play some of my favourite songs of the year, or maybe the artist that I think that I'm tipping for 2021, something like that, and we'll just play some music. That might be quite a good idea to do soon. So I'll do that. Uh, what I could maybe do, though, is, is uh, you know, last year we did an awards ceremony on here. Well, we did an awards ceremony on YouTube. So I'll just maybe read out some of the winners of that. I think I can find a list. I don't think this is the full list, but this is some of the, the lists. Irish Band of the Year, Blackbird and Crow. An incredible Irish duo. One of my favourite albums of the year. A really good episode as well. If you go into the youtube.com forward slash you call that radio and check them out. Definitely going to get them over to Scotland and we're hopefully going over to Ireland soon as well so Blackbird and Crow were Irish Band of the Year uh, a lot of these were voted for by the You Call That Radio viewers but they reflect my taste as well because obviously I'm promoting stuff on my show that I like so I agree with pretty much all of it Comedian of the Year Darren Connell who's just got a new Scott Squad show out just now check that out uh, the most viewed YouTube interview of the year was Bonnie Prince Bob from Discontent, which we're talking about. Like I said, we had a few other ones like Gary Folds, Gavin Mitchell, D Maxwell and stuff like that, that that probably had a lot more views when you included Facebook and stuff. But as far as YouTube interview, it was Bonnie Prince Bob. Video of the year, Don't Jump by Loki. And the video done, was done by Gasp and Tommy Slack. That was an incredible piece of work. Uh, very for uh, a mental health trigger for that one, but for anyone who's struggling, I think it's definitely worth watching. It's very hard hitting. Check it out, and that also won Song of the Year from the You Call That Radio viewers. Freestyler of the Year was Oddball, hands down. He was incredible when he came on the show. Solo Artist of the Year was Becky Wallace, who made an incredible album called Present Tense. So if you're into kind of experimental folk music, I don't know exactly, I think that's what you, she would call it. There's um, 
some sort of old school trip, uh, old school folk music. There's some trip pop stuff in there. Some amazing production from the girl who cried wolf. So check that out from Becky Wallace. Album of the year was won by Empress and Steg G with Love Wins. Brilliant album, get it on Bandcamp. And you can also check out Impress's live show on the YouTube channel. So if you've not been paying attention, we do, as well as doing the, the almost daily live video chats, we've also managed to hire out a venue a few times this year. And we've done a live stream with no audience, but it's live in real time. It goes out to the audience from CaptureWorks. So if you just look up, you call that radio from CaptureWorks, you'll find some amazing sets there, you know, from the likes of Impress, who we just mentioned there, Killer Whale, Bomb Scare, Mog and the Ducks, The Twistettes, Becky Wallace, Root System, Esperanza, Gmo, an amazing performance of his uh, mini album, Colonel Mustard, Medicine Men, Dope Sick Fly, too many to mention, but uh, shout out to the Capture Works crew, they do really a great job making it sound and look and feel like a, a real live gig, and there's just something quite brilliant about the fact that we get the comments coming in real time, so it does feel like it's a, a, as close to a real gig as we can get, and we're always working on it, and hopefully do another one in March. It is quite expensive to put these shows on, so they do rely on donations and patrons. So we need to get a bit more, a few more donations to paypal.me forward slash you call that radio. A few more patrons at patreon.com forward slash you call that radio to make the next event happen. But I love doing them, and hopefully we can do one in, in, in March or something like that. I think it'd be good to try and do them every quarter, even if it does end up costing me a fortune. Uh, but there's something beautiful about them, and as as far as, as long as lockdown continues until we can get the real live gigs on, then I definitely think that we should keep trying our best to to put those shows on, and hopefully I'm hoping by the summer we can have some sort of outdoor event, you know, even if it is socially distanced or whatever. I'm not sure how good it's looking for the festivals. I think some of the bigger festivals are still confident that they're going to be able to bring in test mass testing and stuff like that, so they, if, I think if you've got a budget, it's still possible, but I really don't know how the smaller festivals are going to do this, and I, I do worry about the festival scene, and, you know, I, I think there will, you know, that if we don't sort this out soon, there's going to be, there's going to be a gap in that market, and I think there's going to be a lot more raves this year, so if people are doing raves, hopefully they're doing it in a safe way, uh, but yeah, we're going to do our best to do some outdoor podcasts this year as well. You know, when once the tears come down to one or two and people are allowed to meet up again, then, you know, we can have deck chairs out in a park somewhere and get some guests on to hopefully do it. It's not the same as a proper mosh pit, but I think like, we would have laughed at the idea, you know, a few months into lockdown that we were wanting the real gigs back. But I think right now we'll take anything and I'd be happy to sit in a deck chair and watch some live music or a, a live podcast. So we'll be doing everything we can. And as soon as it's safe to do so, b believe me, there's going to be a big party as a thank you to all the patrons. And not just the patrons, by the way, if you're skinny and you can't afford to be a patron, you help just by tuning in and viewing and leaving comments on the live shows or sharing 
the, you know, sharing the live videos, sh- just, you can help just by doing that. Because if you hit the share button, then maybe one of your friends will see it that can afford to, to help us build this thing. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who's supporting that way, whether that's financially or otherwise. What else did the viewers vote for? The voted for Shell Tomel to be best poet of the year, which I think is really well earned. Michelle Tomeo actually had a battle with COVID herself and, in my opinion, the most improved poet, <coughs> artist of the year just because she's just grown in confidence so much with her actual poetry or delivery and the fact that she combines that with dance means it's it's a sight to behold, it's a live thing. She's run the show loads and there is actually a capture works footage of her at the, the venue that will be uploading soon as well. So Shell Tomell, quite rightly, won Best Poet 2020. Not to be confused with, you call that radio's Poet of the Year, which was Jenny Folds. So we had, we had a, a slam competition. It started at the start of lockdown, around about April, I think. And it was a quarterfinal, semifinals, and a final. And Jenny Folds won the final. I think Shell Tomell finished second. So she was up there as well for that. But Jenny... When they call that radio poet of the year, it was judged by Martin Windybank, Jim Monaghan, Leila Josephine, and Sammy B. Pixie Brun was keeping the scores in the doors. And Jenny Folds was a really late, she just joined at the last minute before we went live on, on the first episode, and she ended up winning the whole thing. And I can ex- exclusively reveal that one of the, 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 the prizes of winning the call that radio poet of the year means you go to the Scottish Slam finals and she won the Scottish Slam championship. So well done, Jenny, for making us proud. You did great. You've won the Scottish championship and now she's going to Paris to compete in the World Slam poetry finals. So that's that was great news. Glad to hear that she did so well. And thanks to all the poets that were involved in that. It's nearly time to start the Poet of the Year 2021. They were good fun. So yeah, uh, what else? What else happened? Best newcomer, Minerva Wakes. Check out Minerva Wakes. Brand new debut album dropping next month, I believe. Released Tell Me. Released Perfect Soul. Smashed it. Milder Minerva Wakes. Best electronic song 2020 was Party Animals by Murfamish. Shout outs to Murfamish. This podcast would not be possible without this guy. So I think we'll finish with that song. That can be the last song. We're not finished quite yet, but maybe that should be the song to play us out. Streamer of the Year 2020 was Amelia Baylor. Absolutely smashed it. She does a Twitch show three or four times a week. She writes music live on air. She eats snacks, wears wigs, and makes tunes. Check it out on Twitch, Amelia Baylor. Video Director of the Year, Martin Windybank. He's done incredible, considering that he's not been able to get out in location as much as he usually can. But what he did great was he created loads of videos that I was involved in as well. The Wraith that I did with the Somatic Astronaut, he did Twistette stuff, he did loads of stuff. Because what he does is he takes, you know, quite shite mobile phone footage and he just does Martin Windybank stuff to, to make it look amazing. Podcast of the year. Joint winners here. Darren Speaks by Loki, an amazing podcast. You'll find it on 
most whatever you listen to this podcast, you'll find that Darren speaks by Loki, uh, Darren McGarvey, and a new one, Strange Exiles by Texture that you need to check out. It has uh, two twice his brown. You call that radio texture? He's been incredible. Such an interesting guy with so many, so many interesting viewpoints and knowledge on on stuff. Check out his interviews on You Call That Radio. And also he had a stunning performance at CaptureWorks that should be online very soon. Live album of the year was The Twistettes, live from CaptureWorks. There wasn't really that many live albums this year, but you can get that on the twistettes.bandcamp.com or you can watch the full thing on our YouTube channel. And I think that was it. That wasn't the final list, but that gives you a rough idea. that There's a, a lot of things there that I think was my highlights of 2020, which takes me to the last question from Serena Fontaine, which actually asks, what was your highlights on You Call That Radio of 2020? Now, there's just, there genuinely has been too many to mention. It's really hard to keep track of everything that happened over the last year. It's been a lot of stuff. We... We did a Hug Me show that was great fun. Becky Wallace took over it three or four times for That's What She Said, where she brought in female artists to talk about, have a chat and do some live performances. They were always amazing. The Overheard in the West End shows were always a good laugh. That was usually the time where we let our hair down and had a wee drink. I loved them. We, you know, we spoke to Canadian rappers like Max Thompson the Age of Aquarius, like I mentioned earlier on, that was with Texture. Chris Heron from New Hellfire Guns with Division and Joe Dark. That's an amazing episode. We spoke to the likes of Dead Sheeran, Spawn Zero. You know, from the Glasgow Indie Rock crew, we had things like The Vanities, Gallus. Uh, we had Dreams Are Mental with Will Sharon. That was good. I kind of ruined the interview by... I was getting excited because I, I really am interested in dreams because a lot of music that I've wrote and lyrics I've wrote have came out of a, a vivid dream that I've had and I've just wrote it down straight away. And I've also predicted things from my dreams. I've seen things. And yeah, man, it, it's fascinating to me. So check out the interview with Will Sharon. He's a very interesting guy. He's got a book out. It's called Dreams Are Mental with Will Sharon. That's on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, I think I ruined it a bit by asking too many questions, but every time he said some, everything he said was quite interesting to me, and it was quite interesting because I wasn't sure if he was going to be a bit, you know, like kind of hippy dippy wawa or whatever the fuck we call it, but uh, I think I kind of out out hippied him a wee bit. So uh, he was sort of is it's, it's in science, but he also drifts off into you know some open minded weird shit as well. Check that out. The Mima Maro EP launch was amazing. We had you've all got <laughs> you've all got talent, which was Auntie Barry and Sarah with the talent competition, which was a follow up to the Euro Auto Vision, which was their kind of piss take of Eurovision song contest. These shows were great. The Song Seed Special Music Broth fundraiser was great. Ashley Crossing was great. My Bad Sister was interesting stuff um, I, didn't, I don't think I got a word in edgeways when they two were on the show Joy France, that was a good one The Rapping Granny 
at 64 year old she decided to retire from being a teacher and got into battle rap so that one's well worth watching some really interesting chats with Loki Darren McGarvey Blackbird and Crow which I mentioned earlier on Robin Wynn Evans who who's who's like worked on stuff with the lads there she goes he recorded Dodgy's album he's recorded the Views hit album you know he's done a, he's got a lot of experience and some funny stories uh, t- things that happened at Teapot Studios and also Dodgy themselves you know Matt, Matthew Priest the drummer and Nigel Clark the lead singer have been on the show we had Grieger talking about Gaelic stuff uh, the, the Gaelic hip hop album he's making Attila the stockbroker which was an interesting one because he couldn't hear me so he ended up just interviewing himself for an hour and a half Yeah, is real was talking about Scotland and Jamaica, medicine men, Dan Connell, we had a night for Syndigo, our dearly departed friend, we had Marty in America, who's a, a comedian, a Scottish guy who lives in America, and he just gets Americans to say rude words they don't know what the meaning of, which is a lot funnier than it sounds. Conscious Root, we had an African Caribbean Society, Scotland special, we had the Soundhouse Sundays, whereby uh, Lynn McDonald took over the airwaves every Sunday and had all the so- old Soundhouse crew on it. They were great. Probably the biggest legend, I think, is Martin Youth Glover, who joined us live from Spain. You know, he's worked with... He made the Verve Urban Hymns, to name just one of the... You know, he's, he's made albums with Paul McCartney. It's incredible what a story he had. Um, Shell told me I friends. He did a great break, break dancing special. We had Alan Bissett, we had The Girl Who Cried Wolf, we had Kirsty Strain from Burniston, we had Dr. Michael Dempster talking about Scots language, we had James Price, the filmmaker, we had Rab Allen from Las Vegas, we had Michael Redmond for Father Ted, She Drew the Gun from Liverpool, Sa Rock, the amazing hip-hop uh, rapper from America, Dean Wallace, John Robb from Louder Than More and The Membranes, Billy Syllables talking about the great hip-hop hoax. Melissa Kelly, Yvonne McClellan, Carla Easton, D. Maxwell, Tom Urie, Hannah and Tim Curry, Doogie Smith, Viv G, Robin Cairns, Zara Ho- There's just so many. I can't go through them all. Kathy McCormick, Stanley Odd, Danny Mad Chef, uh, Alabama 3, Billy Kirkwood, Jenny Lindsay, the Icebox, Tragic O'Hara. It's just too many. That's me. That is just not even half of it. That's not even half of it. But I'm going to stop because it's just boring because just me listing a list of names. But if you missed, if you like the sound of any of those shows, then you can watch them back at youtube.com forward slash you call that radio. We just had a thousand subscribers which is brilliant because it means we can now live stream from my phone on YouTube. So hopefully we'll get some stuff out and about this year. And, you know, working on the Carrollton Studios documentary, that's part one of This Is Glasgow. There's going to be a lot more of them coming up over the course of the year. The daily streams will keep coming. The Capture Works shows or shows, live stream shows, will be coming from with live music. We're just going to be doing as much as I possibly can to keep you guys entertained and to keep my lights on. So hopefully we can have a lot of fun this year.
despite the fact it's looking like it's going to be a bit shit. But let's uh, use this time, this downtime to work on ourselves. Let's be creative. Let's help each other. And let's make it a good year. As best a year as we can. You know what I mean? Thank you so much to everybody who's been supporting You Call That Radio, whether it's the live stream or the, whether it's this podcast. I'm sorry if you haven't, if you've been, if you prefer the audio podcast, I'm going to do my best to stay on top of it this year. I just had to focus on how to learn a million different softwares, a new computer, a million different things I had to learn. So I had to focus on that side of things. But I'm going to do both and more this year. So hopefully... Loads more audio podcasts, loads more live stream podcasts, more live music, more documentaries, more real music and poetry for me. Hopefully I'll get some albums out this year as well. And none of this would be possible without your support. So thank you to the Patreons. Thank you to the PayPal donations. And let's do it. Let's just end with a song from Murfamish, who is an absolute legend. We couldn't do this show without him. So uh, take it away, Murfamish, with his best electronic song 2020. This is Party Animals. Who's there? Yes, um, I was interested in um, uh, the, the thing about music and animals. Yeah. And it's something I know a little bit about. So um, I, I think the best way to do it would be to demonstrate on the piano. Oh, that'd be great. And I'll just play...
think you've got, I think there's a rat on the keys. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 